0: This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, presented by McConnell Automotive, on Sports Radio 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the WNSP app. The Dew Sweepers is also brought to you by the Taylor Martino Rowan Law Firm, Stokely Garden Express, Taco Mama, and Strixon Cleveland Golf. Now, stepping up to the tee, here's Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Dew Sweepers here on the Dew Sweeper Lesson T on WNSP as it's been on for such uh, quite a long time now. Dew Sweepers Golf Show, I think we're running into our 20-something year, right around, yeah, right around 20 years. Uh, maybe a hair longer po- tour, and now, if you've obviously been paying attention, uh, for the last good bit, we've been taking my conversations from around the world of golf, from the Tour Coach Podcast, um, which is out there wherever you get your podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, any of those places. They're my conversations from around the world of golf and with uh, teachers, coaches, players, things that we do. There are just authentic conversations about growing the game of golf, improving your game, And, uh, and it has been a ton of fun doing this. We're getting a lot of good reviews. We've been nominated for Golf Podcast of the Year. Uh, so kudos, uh, thanks to them and, uh, appreciate, uh, Clint and all his hard work putting out our content. But so what I'm basically saying is we got tons of content out there for you golf wise. If you love the game of golf and you're trying to get better. And, uh, uh, what we're doing is playing those podcasts each week here on the do sweepers golf show. So you have inside, uh, information, you've got access to those conversations, but if you like what you hear today, there's. There's over a hundred there's over two hundred other of these conversations out there. All you got to do is to go type in the tour coach wherever you get your podcast uh before we jump into the instruction and and uh what the conversations are today i want to remind everybody at one <clears throat> you know I hope you don't need a- l- legal representation or a lawyer in fact, I was listening to something the other day you know watching t v on the road somewhere and You know, somebody had a car accident and they just assumed the insurance company was going to do the right thing. So they waited to get an attorney. And then next thing you know, it was too late. Look, so if you have an accident, if unfortunately you're in a car accident, somebody hits you, uh, whatever it is, and don't wait. Don't assume everybody else is going to do the right thing, uh, especially in this litigious society and, and all of that. You need somebody that has your best interest that. Uh, it's going to work their butt off for you. That's going to that's going to make sure from the very minute you this happens, you're protected. Your rights are protected, and you get whatever you're entitled to. And that protection, that representation, is none other than Taylor Martino and Rowan. It's four three three thirty one thirty one. If you're in the sound of my voice, four three three thirty one thirty one. Our boy Ed Rowan. There's nobody that's more passionate. There's nobody that's got more tools at their disposal. There's nobody that is going to work harder, fight harder, and then most importantly, just like when it comes to teaching golf, there's nobody that's had more success, more success stories, right? You wouldn't go to the golf coach or a golf teacher that everybody that's gone to him has gotten worse. Well, you would you wanna you wouldn't go to a lawyer that always loses their case. So that you want to go to Ed Rowan, my boy Ed Rowan at Taylor Martino and Rowan. And before we jump back into golf, you can't forget Blaine Stokely and Stokely's Midtown Garden Express uh, right there at the loop on government. And look, swing by to soak in the new green vibes and take home some new leafy plants. They've, got, uh, they've doubled their greenhouse size. They've got everything you need to get some cool green vibes. Let's get out of this cold stuff that's coming, and let's get ready for spring and some cool green vibes. So check out Blaine Stokely, Stokely's Midtown Garden Express there at the Loop on Government. Um, we're going to jump back into what, what is this week's uh, Tour Coach Podcast and do Sweepers. Well, last week was the start of the PGA Tour season with the Tournament of Champions, and this week you head to Sony. Corn Ferry starts this Sunday. Um, it's my annual golf camp, which is when I get all of my professional playing players that are available uh schedule permits yada 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 we get together we rent airbnbs we eat together each night we work in the morning we play golf we had a fantastic lineup this week this year we played old palm we played hope sound golf club and we played the floridian one of my favorites every year hosted by our boy moose but anyways great stu- great stuff and anyways part of that is the conversations that evolve and happen during this week together And, uh, this was some great stuff. And, and this one, uh, in particular is, is really, really good. Uh, you know, it's just about, uh, you know, it's just about getting better. What do we have to all do to get better? What do we like about golf camp? What do we like about working together? How do we mentor each other? How can we help each other's games? There's lots of nuggets in there to help each and every one of you get better but before we go to that, we're going to bring up the uh, Schrickson Cleveland Golf Tip of the Week. And this comes from something I was working on for an article for Golf.com uh, with my good friend Nick Domingo, uh, content uh, editor up there at Golf.com, and was going through some stuff. And, and it was about you know, so many folks have pivot stall through the ball where they can't finish on their front side, okay? And people think it's just, you know, golfers that, you know, that aren't very good that struggle with that. But it, it, affects, it's, it affects everybody. It, you're not alone, uh, but you need to take a couple things into account. There's two things you need to look at, in my opinion, uh, to start. First is you need to make sure that you have a good square club face. One of the number one reasons that I see folks pivot stall through the ball, especially as we get to the recreational golfers, but in this case it was even a, a professional, a, a new young pro, is their club face tends to get a little open. So you need to address why is the club face getting open, okay? In this case, the player's club face got open because they didn't turn and load into their trail leg enough. And as a result, the club just kept going back with the hands and arms and the face got open. Then as a result, the face was open coming down, so their pivot had to stall. Then the second part was physical. Are they physically stable enough and strong enough to be able to rotate and turn into their lead side? Uh, and in this case, no, right? So each one of you, if you struggle to finish on your front side, you need to look at two things. You need to look at one, is how is your club face? Is your club face good and square? Or is it could you be a little shut even would be fine, right? But it can't be open. You don't want the club face to get open and in a poor position at the top because there's no way then to rotate completely through the ball and hit it as hard as you want and get it online without having your pivot stall, okay? And then secondly, you need to make sure you're strong enough, you're stable enough, and you're flexible enough in both legs, and you can find more information about that stuff just by watching our YouTube channel. We put exercises up and so forth all the time. So if you've got a pivot stall, you struggle getting on your front leg, check your club face, and then check your stability, mobility, and flexibility in both your lead and your trail side, uh, you can do some one-legged pivot drills. They're fantastic. You can find out exercises like that. Uh, we have them available for you on our YouTube. And like I said, we're always putting content out there. You can check out our episodes of Pro Work available for you on YouTube, which is kind of a behind-the-scenes, uh, inside-the-ropes look at our instruction. Myself, Colby Touye, Jackson Quartz in there, uh, Morgan Hale, Dr. Greg Carton, all of us together, how we work together as a team to improve your game. So check out Pro Work. Uh, also, like I said, check out our YouTube or anywhere there's podcasts, just type in the tour coach, but we've always putting content out basically daily, trying to put stuff out there to help you, the golf nerd, the guy or girl that loves the game of golf that wants to improve to everything you need to help you get better at the game is available for you from all of our content. And we're always working hard to put stuff out there. And if you've got a question or something that we haven't addressed that you would like addressed, just go to Instagram at the Dew sweeper and DM me and just say, hey, would you post a video helping with this or helping with that? We're that's what we're here for. That's what we're trying to do. So uh hope you enjoy what we're doing. I'm having a blast doing it. We're kicking off another PGA tour, live tour, Corn Ferry tour year. Seems like it wasn't that long ago the season ended. Um not much of an off season anymore, but we're still kicking, we're still grinding. Lots of great stuff going on for you. And like I say, each and every week, we appreciate our sponsors. You heard me talk about Taylor Martino and Rowan. You've got uh, Mitch McConnell. McConnell Automotive been with us forever. And you can't forget Stokely's Midtown Garden Express, Vineyard Vines, and Bushnell, and Shrixon and Cleveland Golf. We appreciate all of them. They keep us bringing you the best information to help your game. Got great stuff coming up. Great conversation, roundtable discussion from Golf Camp. Myself, Zach Zucker, Emilio Gonzalez, and yours truly along with Jackson Court discussing golf, golf instruction. How are you going to get better? Let's make 2024 your year to play the best. We'll be right back with the tour coach podcast on the Do sweepers golf show.
0: Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Rogiro.
1: All right, so we're here on, uh, this is golf camp, episode two. Second day here, we got a new visitor to the Dew Sweeper cabin. Nick Bova, PGA professional, great teacher, great player great friend of ours from up in jersey but hamilton farm nick thanks for joining us come in fly in for a little little play a little work uh good to have you glad to be here oh yeah he's crashing the house i mean not everybody gets to stay at the house but uh so trying to do a different topic each night jackson k golf has been doing a phenomenal job on the creative end of this uh and go ahead jackson tell us the topic and what we're going to discuss tonight
2: for everybody best golf lessons you've ever got
1: Okay, I think that's a fantastic. Why don't I lead off? So I'm going to tell the best golf lesson I ever got. I've had a couple good ones, but best golf lesson. I was 16 years old, almost 17, Birmingham, Alabama, <clears throat> and my dad got my he got me my first good golf lesson or my first golf lesson that I ever had with like. A really, really good like full time instructor teacher, and it happened to be somebody we all know Mark Wood, okay, so it's my first golf lesson with woody, and uh I'm sixteen, seventeen years old, and we're at this place called Linkside in Birmingham, and those that are in Birmingham Zach you would know it's on it was on Valleydale right outside the back gate of where Inverness hit okay. valleydale, right, and now it's it's uh it's a housing development, but it was ahead of its time. It was a practice facility that Hank Johnson was involved in and they built this high end practice and teaching facility. And this was in 87. So way ahead of its time. Nowadays it would kill it with all the people out there. It had covered hitting areas, lights, and it had a video room. I mean, in 87, it was just way ahead of its time and it eventually was worth more as real estate. (laughs) But anyways, Woody was teaching there, so my dad took me to get a golf lesson, and it, <clears throat> I still had persimmon woods, but um, I tended to slide and swing too much in to out. And so Woody filmed me, and he drew a plane line. he took me into the building, and he came out, and he just dumped this den caddy of balls. I mean, it had me 200 balls out on the ground, and he handed me my driver. <clears throat> there was a red flag probably – 80 to a hundred yards in front of us. And he said, took my hand to me. My driver took my clubs with him. And he said, I'm going in there. You come get me when you can take a divot and get this ball in the air over that flag with your driver, with my driver and keep it online. That doesn't sound very fun. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I was there like a while (laughs) and I realized the genius one, he was billing by the hour. (laughs) I mean, right. But like it was a great lesson. I'll never forget that lesson. That's the, because one, it was the first golf lesson I ever took, real golf lesson. I had some, I had some, there's a, a professional, Mike Landry, who I'm actually friends with on Facebook, who was the assistant golf professional. in in Houston when I was a kid who gave me some great young golf lessons. And I looked up to him. He teaches out in Seattle. Now I keep up with him, but, uh, or in Washington, I think it is, or California, but, um, actually I think it's California, but, uh, like Woody was, that was the first real golf lesson. And so that to me kind of set the pace for what we're doing tonight. Though, like, that was the first time I ever saw what real instruction was like. And he was infectious with his energy and, and, then I always tell people like, so when my dad came back and said, you know, what do we need to do to get him on a program? And Woody's deal was like, Hey, if he pays me a hundred dollars, him from his job out of his pocket, he can see me as much as he wants the rest of the summer or the rest of the fall, whatever it was. I think it was the fall. Right. But he's like, it can't be you talking to my dad paying for him. He's got to go earn it. I was working the carts, doing carts at Inverness Country Club. So that was my first golf lesson. So now, Jackson, you take it from there.
2: So I think one that's always stuck out with me was from my coach in college, Kenneth Staten, really good player, two-time All-American at Florida State and played on tour for a couple of years. And I was always super technical and trying to make my golf swing perfect, which was just a terrible rabbit hole. But uh, we took stats for our freshman year. We could do the next episode be the worst
1: golf lessons we ever I did.
2: could do a couple of those, and uh, so we sit down for the spring semester, and we look at our stats. And there, were, he labeled it as six categories. So it was driving accuracy, greens and reg, uh, wedges from like it was he liked fifty to one twenty, up and downs and putting, and you had to label them one to six your strengths. And your goal for the entire next semester was to make the bottom two your strengths. So to snowball essentially your worst two to be your best two. And then he emphasized how to practice those things. And like if you're really good at driving, what are you doing? You need to keep doing that. And then how can you improve those bottom two and snowball that? And I liked it because it was like a three or four month thing instead of like a three or four day idiot trying to figure out his golf swing on the driving range. So that was a really good lesson for me at that age in my career.
1: McFadden, best lesson you've ever had.
3: All right. Well, obviously we've had had some great ones between you guys. I mean, every time, every time I get to and hit don't balls feel obligated. Don't feel obligated to throw us in there. <laughs> every time, throw uh, a
1: good Nick Bova story in there.
3: <laughs> you know, every time we get to hit balls in front of y'all and everybody around y'all is always great. But I think one of the biggest things that turned my game around was was one time when Tony took me during COVID. Uh, up to a golf course to play with, with Lucas, and just seeing him work around the golf course and that was Frederica how, yeah. before they threw me out. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> it was, and uh, watching him Everybody especially likes Jim here raise her hand, <laughs> and especially off the tee, like how he would hit. It seemed like all of his drives were like really smooth, like nothing. He never really swung out of his shoes unless it was like a par five where he had to. And it just made me realize, like, you don't have to hit it as hard as you can every time. And when I was – I believe I was a sophomore in college when, when that happens. And then that was a really huge thing to see, that the best players in the world aren't aren't really always trying to kill it with anything or trying to hit it right at the flag, like playing to, to their strengths and playing the golf course the way they know they can play it. And I think that was huge for me at, at that age.
1: That's awesome. And that, that's one of the cool things, I think. We talked about it, you know, in the last pod, and talked about it a bunch. Like, and and same thing when I've come up to Hamilton Farm, like we try to surround people with a bunch of people and create a culture where everybody shares and learns. But that's cool. And, and, and LG was one of the very best at that. And and one of the things I miss about us all hanging out was golf camp week. He was always spectacular hosted. I kinda of miss him hosting us at Bears to be honest. <laughs> and and I and 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 like his wine dinner. But like he was great to the younger guys. And uh um but but that was a cool thing. I always thought it was cool and I, I've always thought that it's good for older players or you know, mature players, whatever you want to say. <clears throat> to have to sit and talk about the things they do because sometimes I think it triggers you to remember things that maybe you take for granted or that you just kind of skip over in your process day to day because they become an old habit and, and so forth. So I think it's good for both sides. Zach, oh, putting man. you on the spot here. Have another um, mountain dew. I mean, I
4: pretty much only had, I've only had a couple lessons when I was younger before you. So I haven't had too many, um,
1: Okay, I got to tell this story real quick about Zach. So, this is the greatest Zach Seeker story of all time. Well, it's one of them. So, I on, Hold on.
4: Before you finish this, I I think you're. I know what you're going to say. And whatever lesson we had before that (laughs) year stretch, that is. I don't remember what happened in that lesson, but that's my favorite lesson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I swear I hadn't seen him. A year and a half, two years. <laughs> was, I'd see him wild. at the club. He'd come down to play with his dad, and we'd talk, and he might hit a few balls, and we no big deal. Zach plays phenomenal golf, and he gets his PGA Tour card. So I'm standing in the club, the building, the range building, at the Country Club of Mobile, and I had, like, three people come to me and go, congratulations is on Zach getting his card. I go, man, I'm so happy for him. He's such a good kid. And they're like, yeah, but congratulations. like, if you look on the website, you're listed as his teacher. I hadn't seen him in two years, right? So by then, it's, it's right before Vegas. So it's a couple tournaments in or something. And I text him, and I said, I pulled it up on the website, PGATour.com, and, and, and it does. I go, it's like, instructor, Tony Ruggiero. So I text him, I think there's something wrong. And I said, hey, just giving you a heads up. Like, hey, man, congrats. And he's like, oh, T, great to hear from you. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) we go back and forth for like three minutes. And then I'm like, hey, man, just giving you a heads up. Like on PGA Tour, it lists me as teacher. Like, so whoever you're working with, if they see that might get offended. And he goes, oh, no, they won't. Like, you're my teacher. I just haven't needed a lesson. (laughs) And then he goes. Where are you the next couple of weeks? Because I'm starting to not hit it good. Yeah, I, I just started playing like
4: crap. But it had been a long period of time where I was like,
1: isn't it great? Still doing the same thing?
2: Yeah,
4: doing, still working on this exact
1: so what same thing. God, I wish we knew what that lesson was. Yeah,
4: we need to go back. We need to pull that somehow. Um, All
1: right, so other than that, give us your best lesson. That's a great story.
4: <laughs> um, one, one of my favorite ones with you was at Bay Hill. Uh, I mean, not Bay Hill, um, Bay Point, the one down in Panama City. That's because
1: we had wings.
4: There were a lot of wings there. That's right. Um, (laughs) I went down. I think you were doing like a junior camp, but you had a couple pros come that week, and I think that was the first time I'd done a like multiple day trip with you as well. And uh, I know you had some kind of. I think you had the that force played out or whatever that that one is. That was also the first time I ever used that, and so it was cool to see. That was that was early on as well. Like we were still working, getting my hips out of the way, better. Pretty much the same stuff as we are still working on. But, <laughs> but it was uh, yeah. That that was the first time I had done a couple days in a row. I obviously explained it and, way better
1: before that, <laughs> before the two year.
4: Yeah, that's, yeah. But yeah, I think that was that's my like most memorable. The one, and I got to see data on the fact that my footwork was exactly what. We thought it was and already knew, but it was
1: cool to actually see it. How much do you like when we use the swing catalyst and stuff like that?
4: Uh, I enjoy seeing, like, how I'm always trying to get to go less out to my left toe on the downswing, hips go out. And I do like just seeing it every time we meet up to see, like, oh, is it a little less? Is it? Yeah. You know, minor mm-hmm. improvements. And so, and I think it has actually,
1: it's a lot different
4: over over time. It's gotten better and better. And so I do, it's cool just to see exactly like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what's happening.
1: You're listening to the do sweepers golf show and the tour coach podcast available wherever it is. You get your podcast, just type in the tour coach and you can hear more of these conversations from around the world of golf. We'll be right back with more help for your golf game.
0: This is the Deuce Sweepers Golf Show, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Keep it in the fairway with Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero.
1: This is Tony Ruggiero and you're listening to the Deuce Sweepers Golf Show and the Tour Coach Podcast, which is selections of discussions from around the world of golf from the people I meet, work with, find interesting, and and that help me do the best job I can. And this segment of the Tour Coach Podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, is brought to you by our good friend Blaine Stokely, Stokely's Midtown Garden Express, right there on government, where a, uh, airport meets government. So make sure you check them out. They've got everything you need. Very appreciative of them and their support of the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. Nick, this will be good. I, I'm looking forward to it.
5: uh so i would say i kind of have two one is more on the humorous side and the other one is more on the the serious side i guess so uh let's do the the funny one first so this one was actually recent um and so a member at my club is actually getting a lesson from another another uh pro at our at our facility and so the member is hitting it like I mean, he's hitting it so bad. He's hitting it off the hosel. He's hitting off the toe. He's hitting them thin. He's hitting them heavy. He's, he's doing everything. And so the guy that's giving him a lesson looks at him and says, "What are your two favorite things in the world?" And without even thinking, he says, "Big tits and chicken parm." So he so he says wait, wait, he says he says, "What are your two favorite things in the world?" And he says, "Big tits and chicken parm." So then the guy says, "Backswing is big tits. Downswing is chicken parm." And he started striping it,
3: <laughs> and
5: would say
6: just, we don't. It, it, good
5: yeah. <laughs> and it just you know it just goes to show it's like you know if you can figure out a way to get out of your own way, right? Because he had hit so many bad shots in a row that he was just in his own way. So it whatever it was, it triggered something so that he could actually move and That's hit why it. And, and always he
1: yells, "Kick and <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
5: laughs> And then uh, I would say the the serious one. um, I was kind of early on in my uh going off into my own teaching and coaching and I had gone out to California and I had spent some time with George mm-hmm. and um we get done I was I was there for a week after the first day uh we got done and I was hitting some balls afterwards and he was nice enough to stay after and just kind of hang out with me and we got to talk and I said what's the like what's the number one thing that you know, I can do to get better, and he said, uh, understanding cause and effect, and then understanding the matchups that go along with that, right? And so I've really kind of taken that to heart, and and then with a lot of what you've what what you guys talk about with pivot related stuff and and a good club face, you know, I think all those things start to match up. So, um, you know, being able to to decipher what's causing somebody issues and then having a game plan as to kind of how to fix it. And, and that was a pretty cool one from George. That's really good.
1: George was out there at old Palm yesterday.
5: Was he really? Mm -hmm. Actually hack said that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was down, uh, sent me a little voice message this morning, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, there's people on all sides of the fence, but like George is, uh, always generous with his time. Yeah. I know Jackson's been out there to see him. Um, you know, I like watching what he does. Right?
5: It's, he, he has such a cool culture out there, mm-hmm. right? Like, every single time I've been out there, he starts teaching at 9 a.m., and his 5 o'clock lesson is there at 9 a.m., just hanging out, hitting balls, hanging out. Like, I think every time I've been out there, the, the least number of people that have ever gone to lunch with us is like 12, you know, and he pays for everybody, and like it's just everybody just talks golf, and it's it's pretty cool, you know, and it's it's a lot of really good players, right? So there's a lot of good insights, but it's it's a pretty cool thing that he's got going out there.
1: No, I, and I think I think the biggest thing, one thing that I think is really important to be a really great teacher, is to believe in what you're teaching, right? Yeah, and to have confidence in it and. And I think that George does that. I mean, I think for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we teach different, probably have different thoughts and beliefs on things. But he's he believes in what he's doing, and he's done a heck of a job. And, um, no, I mean, yeah. And I like the vibe that he has. I think it's good for growing. I mean, people argue. I mean, like, even the live stuff. Like, I mean, he, he would fit in perfect on the live tour. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it's right up his alley. Yeah. Let's go to Emilio.
6: All right.
1: How am I doing, Jackson? Are we doing all right?
6: So mine is pretty unique, I'd say, uh, and it was one of the main reasons uh, why I got so creative in the golf course. When I was like, I guess, 10, 11 years old, whenever you're a junior golfer at that age, it's kind of where you start seeing some strides in your golf game. Like you start hitting it further. you can, You learn how to hit different shots, all this stuff. And when I was 11 years old, uh, the two guys that taught me how to play golf back home in my hometown in Mexico, uh, every afternoon, I would only play golf three times a week then. And every afternoon, for the last hour and 30 minutes that I'd go play golf, he would take me to the golf course and play nine holes only with three clubs. And he told me, like, this is how you're going to learn how to play. Like he would never took me to the range for like an hour and thirty minutes, and oh, this is how you hit these shots. He just put me out in the golf course, and I would just have to figure it out. Like I learned how to hit a seven iron from eighty yards from the middle of the fairway to the front pin, stuff like that. And he made me super creative.
1: That's why you're so good at hitting shots now. Yeah, and a good player. Hand it to Zach. I'm gonna bring up some of it. So Zach, when I think of great golf lessons and great teachers, one of the th- people I think of is person you grew up with underneath at Mobile, Woody Woodall. Yeah. And I told this story earlier today, I think, to Dan Terleski at Old Palm. But, you know, when I started teaching Bobby and coming over and I got to know you, you know, I would spend time with Woody. He was always generous with his time, you know, and he was always great letting me come over and hang out. But he – I noticed that every junior there, like – One, when they got to the point they needed to go get maybe what you would say more advanced or however you would refer it, like type teaching, special, whatever, he didn't care, right? He was, like, supportive of everybody. But, like, every junior there in that program, and there was a ton of them, had perfect grips, a little bit weaker than I would put on. But they were great grips, good club faces, and great posture. And, but I remember him telling me that he would have every junior, every junior could get a free basket of balls as long as they would chip them first, then pick them up and then they could hit them. And I thought that was a great lesson. I I, forgot about that. Yeah. Right. And so it was the old range at mobile and there was the old putting green, chipping green and putting green to the left there. That was a green. I mean, that thing had like 25 degrees. Right. It was awful. You know, it will. right and uh i mean it wasn't much but i remember when i first started teaching there and but like there were all these kids right and there were so many kids and i think that clubs could do that and and it i thought to me it taught two things one it taught them the importance of short game but it also taught them to the importance of going to do something pick something up and earning the ability to go hit the balls which i think is valuable instead of just putting a Stack of balls out there, and these kids that are rich.
4: Man, I I completely forgot about about that. That's like a little little, something out of the way back machine there. That was all we did every day, right? You'd want to go. Don't you think that's why
1: y'all were so creative?
4: I mean, I I literally completely forgot about that. He was. uh, I mean, I never got like a actual lesson from Woody, but he would always come out Mm -hmm. and like. Little stuff here and there. And like, yeah, he was the best. Took care of all the juniors. Like, he was, he's still probably mm-hmm. favorite pro like, I've ever seen at a club.
1: He's the best pro they've ever yeah. had there by far, hands down. Yeah, he was, I mean, it, he it was I'm awesome. I'm not bashing Scott or anything, I'm saying. I mean, but like, you know. Yeah, nobody, truth, nobody, nobody had a bad thing say to Woody. say about Woody. Jackson.
2: Oh, we're going to have Do another sweeper. pause here. We're going to have another <laughs> pause here. All right, give us another lesson. Um, another one that stuck out, stuck out to me, the first guy that I started taking lessons from, it was like a rainy day, you know, and you don't know if your lesson's going to get canceled. So I still go, my dad drops me off and we're hitting balls and the rain. It, it's really raining. So he takes me inside and on a piece of paper, he draws a bunch of like lines with targets at the end and then a bunch of different curves. And then he draws club faces on them all. and He explains club face and club path and the different shots you hit with those. And then he flipped the paper over and he drew a plane line, right? With the, on that same line, right? And then he drew a plane line and explained the club going up and down the plane. And then he looked at me, he goes, what shot are you going to get really good at right to left or left to right? And like, and then we talked about all the different ways to hit shots. And I mean, I was young, but I think understanding that at that age was really good for me.
1: And I, I mean, I'll, Go into my, you know, that was one of the things I think my first lesson with Wayne Flint, I was a, so I'd worked with Woody and then I, and then when I was in college, so he had gone to Japan to run the Nicholas schools. And, uh, I think that's right. And, uh, anyways, uh, in between Birmingham and Japan, I'd gone to see him at Innisbrook in Tampa. Right, and I'm okay. So I'm going to give you another great golf lesson. I flew to flew down there to Innesbrook. His now wife Kathy picks me up at the airport, and he took me to my first ever Hooters. Life changing. I was eighteen, nineteen. He pulls in. And this is he had a Volkswagen Scirocco. that's as clear as could be, gray, and he had a David Allen Co tape. In the in the in the thing. And he was playing David Allen Coe. I mean, in a Volkswagen Scirocco, and we went to Hooters and I drank pitchers of beer. I was eighteen. And that changed my life. I was like, I'm not kidding though. No. I was like, I want to be this some bitch. I was like, I mean, if, and I'm going to be honest, that's pretty much what I do now, right? I don't have a Scirocco, can't afford it, but, but I mean, I'm on Enclaves, but, uh, but anyways, I mean, so anyways, let's go back to Wayne, but, so then, I, so he's in Japan. I got to go see anyway. So I got to see somebody and. Wayne Flint had come up under the same teaching tree I'd kind of heard. And he was – like a lot of things you hear, guys, like they were teaching everybody – he was teaching a bunch of people, you're this way in Jacksonville now, like you're this way in Hamilton. Like the guy that's starting to teach all the kids that are getting good, right? I was like, well, I'm going to go see this guy. And he was the first person. Like Woody gave me a great golf lesson, but he was the first person. He had the sheet of paper. And if you – I mean, this is a shameless plug, but if you buy my book – on Amazon, right, Lessons from the Legends. It's got the picture of his sheet of paper. And he explained the plane. He explained club face, how the shaft worked up and down the plane. He explained lag and low point, and he drew it out on this paper. And, like, you know, and then as I had always been wanting to be a teacher and move towards that, I was like, yeah, I could do that. I mean, right, Wayne can draw a piece of paper. How hard could it be, right? So, anyways... So, sorry, I rambled there a little bit, but back to you,
2: Jess. No, that's good. I think, too, as I go on now in the coaching stage of things, especially being around good players, it's always really interesting for me to get there. Like, I wouldn't call them lessons, but maybe their are concepts that mm-hmm. stick with them over time because I think those are concrete for long periods of time. Like Jingle Bell, two years ago, Emilio, Ed, and I are walking through the second floor of the Golden Nugget parking garage. And I just had this, I'm always asking questions because I want to figure stuff out. And I ask him about his golf swing and feels for draws and fades, right? And he explained this thing and what he feels down at the bottom and how it's been like that forever and how he hits draws with this and how he hits fades with that. I think that concept, like every time I watch him hit balls, I try and figure out, okay, if that's kind of the cornerstone, then how stuff builds Mm -hmm. from there, right? And then I actually had that moment today with Zach in the Bay when you guys were talking about what he used to do mm-hmm. as a kid with what it looked like in his backswing and how he always aimed left and hit these cuts and like I think that stuff is huge and like leaves a big imprint on me when I watch him swing no I think that's great
1: you're listening to the do sweepers golf show and the tour coach podcast available wherever it is you get your podcast just type in the tour coach and you can hear more of these conversations from around the world of golf We'll be right back with more help for your golf game.
0: Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Deuce Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Rogiro.
1: This is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Dew Sweepers Golf Show and the Tour Coach Podcast. And this segment of the Tour Coach Podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, is brought to you by our good friend Blaine Stokely, Stokely's Midtown Garden Express, right there on government, where uh, airport meets government. So make sure you check them out. They've got everything you need. Very appreciative of them and their support of the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. A couple more. These are. This is actually... Jackson turned out shockingly good. Uh, we haven't sorry. had any two-minute pauses.
6: <laughs> no tingly noses.
1: Not necessarily. <laughs> well, I've got a new sponsor for us. I'm going a, I'm, to I'm a work on it when we get done. Move. <laughs>
6: uh, for me, it's a story that's actually related to what uh, we'll experience, too. Um, I had been working with you for like a year because you started coaching me around uh, my last year of uh, college. And once I turned pro, uh, I actually was living in Tony's apartment uh, since I didn't know uh, what I was going to do, where I was going to live or what I wanted to do. But um, when I turned pro, he was really nice uh, to go and take me to here, South Florida, see Colby, workout out and all that, and play with Lucas. That's where I met him the first time. And we were playing an old palm, actually. And I remember to this day, like, I thought I played fairly well, and I shot, I don't know, like, round even or one under. And it seemed like he didn't even play all that good that day, and he still beat me by, like, three or four shots. And, like, just seeing that and, like, how his average golf was so much better I was like, okay, this is what I got to get better at. Because we have a lot more days like that in golf that we like to admit. Like the days that you go out and shoot bogey-free, six, seven under, is like not as frequent as you like. And what he did there is like, I was like, oh, like he didn't play nowhere near perfect golf, and he still figured out a way of shooting really a low score.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
5: Um, I would say <clears throat> next one is uh, is when I was growing up. So
1: this is what I wanted to do. So
5: we'd get there, I'm I'm from I'm from Bloomington, Illinois, and it's actually a pretty big golf town. And my dad taught my brother and I how to play golf. And
1: he, he stole a lot of ideas for people. Yeah, he was he yeah
5: he was a really good he was a really good player, but he was a good he was a good coach, you know. So uh, you know we've got all these. Like nicer public places, and uh, there was a nine-hole country club in like the middle of town with yeah. no range. And so we joined the nine-hole country club with no range. So they have a putting green and nine holes. That's it. So <clears throat> me and my buddies, we all go play. We're practicing. We're rolling putts. We're, we're playing golf and playing Hold on. Playing For golf. those interested, Zach Zucker is getting more food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. And so uh as I got older, so when I was uh about to graduate high school, I actually asked my dad. I said, "Why did we actually join Lakeside instead of going to one of the other places?" And he said, "You ever hit a range ball there?" I said, "No." He said, "You can't play golf on the range."
1: That's beautiful.
5: He that said you can only play it on the on the on the golf course, right? And so me and my friends would spend hours upon hours upon hours on the putting green running putting contests against each other. And then as soon as we were able to take the first tee, we would run around and play as many holes as we possibly could. And it was you know, I I'd tell everybody that'll listen that I that I work with that they need to figure out a way to spend more time on the on the golf course and the range. Some, some people do it. Some people don't, but the people that do it are the ones that actually get better.
0: No, good.
1: I mean, I, Jackson to you, we'll wrap it up after you. I'll say a parting shot. Go for right. it. No, you go ahead. Tell us something good. I don't know. You don't have another good lesson.
2: You heard anything good. Um, you know, back to my coach in college anytime I'd have a lesson with him it was at Riviera country club where Mo Norman would go in the winters back in the day but we'd go to the opposite end of the range from the clubhouse and he'd film me face on and down the line with six iron and driver wouldn't say anything we would drive clear across the range again back to the other side of the clubhouse and he'd have me hit 30 yard chip shots He'd tell me one thing, right, like leave a little bit more lag in there, whatever. And then we'd back it up 20 yards and I'd do it from 50 yards, and I'd do it from 70, and then I'd do it from 90. Then we'd drive back over to the range on the other side again, and he'd have me do it with a pitching wedge, and he'd film it, and then he'd show me. So he, whatever he saw, he'd just take me over to the chipping green and tell me one thing and have me do it like really slow in small motion. Then I had to back up and do it a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and then he'd take me over there, and then he'd tell me what we were working on. I'll never forget that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. This has been good. This is good. This was really
1: good. We need to. How's the me. wine, T? It's fantastic. Compliments of Wayne Flint. I'm going to throw that out. Compliments of Wayne Flint. Um, I'll end. I'll tell one last good HJ story on uh, this because I, I love what you HJ story. You've heard this story. Y'all have heard the Tom Kite story. Mm-hmm. <clears> but it's one of the best. So like the first first tour player I ever had the opportunity to watch being, I mean, so there was a champions tour event at Sandestin called the Boeing championship back then. And I, this had to be 2000. I don't know. I was on my third marriage. So I, that's how I equate things. I think it was 2005. Um, who was it? It was right after. Yeah. So it was 2005 or six. Cause I can't remember which wife. but, uh, anyways, um. Tom Kite shows up, and Tom, I always remember when I would go to Hank's office in Greystone, he had some signed stuff there from Tom, and Tom had finished second to Tiger in the 97 Masters, right? And He had a signed piece that was like, hey, if it wasn't for some great kid, we'd have had a great week. Something to that effect, right? I always remember it. Anyway, so um, Tom shows up, and he asks for Hank, and of course, Hank isn't there because we worked – Instead of Hank and uh running joke. And uh, anyways, I said, so they sent him to me and I said, look, I'm sorry, Mr. Kite, you know, Hank's not going to be here this week. I don't know why. <laughs> right. But he's not going to be here. And he's like, well, hey, can you, you watch me hit a few. So that like one Tom Kite's a huge name in the world of golf. Uh, great player, Hall of Famer, Ryder Cup captain. And so I said, well, sure. So he goes driving down. I said, Well, I'll meet you on the back of the range at the Raven there at Sandestin. And, um, I had a Blackberry at the time. Remember the Blackberries? Oh, yeah. They were good. Oh, really? What happened to them? That's another podcast. There's a
2: documentary on it. It's actually really? pretty good. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. I'm going to watch that tonight. Maybe. <laughs> and, uh, Zach, Zach, you want to stay up and watch that with me? No. Anyways, okay. So, just to wrap this thing up. um, Anyways, I call Hank. Dial his number. I'm driving in the cart. Tom's, I don't know, 50 yards ahead of me. I said H. He said T. What's up? I go Hey, Tom Kite asked me to. Watch him hit some balls. He goes, Great. And I said, Um, following him right now, I'm gonna give him a lesson. What should I do? And it goes, click. Hangs up. So it's a blackberry. I think shit, we got a bad connection. <laughs> so I'm I dial him back up. He goes, Hello? I go, H hey, it's a He goes, Yeah. I said, uh, I'm going to back to watch kite. He goes, Yeah. Click. So I'm like, this T-Mobile I had this time <laughs> is so bad. <clears throat> and so I dial it again. And we, by this time, we're almost to the back of the range. And he answers. And I I said, H. And he goes, T. we go through it again and click. Anyway, so I jump in there. And I set up stuff for lines and ball position, all this. And I film him and I sit him at my laptop and go over what I saw. And ball I thought was too far back and the club got too far in beside that. And anyways, so I get home that night and I was stressed. I get home and my phone rings and Hank always had an unknown phone number. Well, I don't know, right? But I answer it and he goes, hey, how'd the lesson go? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, man? I mean... You know, And and I'm like, here's what I did. And he goes, great, proud of you. I go, I mean, what was something wrong with your phone? He goes, no, I hung up on you three times. (laughs) And I said, why? He goes, you got to learn to give a golf lesson. He's like, just because he's Tom Kite and he's one of majors, it's no different than the guy you're teaching. And I, oh, but anyways, I mean, it's a funny story. And, um, And, uh, uh. You know, anyways, I, but it was like you teach the guy in front of you, right? And it's a golf lesson. This is Tony Ruggiero, and you've been listening to the Do Sweepers Golf Show and the Tour Coach Podcast. But if you like what you hear today, you're bound to find more conversations and discussions on helping you play better golf wherever it is you get your podcast. Whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever it is, just type in Tony Ruggiero or type in the Dew Sweepers or type in the Tour Coach and you'll find us. You'll find more conversations that are going to help you play your best. Once again, thanks for supporting us. Thanks to McConnell Automotive. Thanks for Stokely's Midtown Garden Express, tricks on Golf, Vineyard Vines, and Bushnell, and everybody that supports us. And we'll be back next week with more help for your golf game.